not sure that we need any more. It's been so good. You can't beat the kids. I think the word beautiful is a beautiful word. I think it perfectly describes what it stands for. Beautiful. God is beautiful. Psalm 27.4 One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. God is beautiful, not just his appearance, but his character, his manner, his whole person, all he is and all he stands for. And so we sing, and we'll sing later. You are beautiful beyond description, too marvellous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depth of your love? You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned above. God is beautiful, and so I think his church should reflect his beauty. My question, the challenge today, are we a beautiful church? Absolutely. Just look around. The truth is we're a work in progress. We've all come into Jesus Christ from a world that's falling apart, a troubled world that needs saving. My paperback New Testament that I took to Israel with me says this on the back cover. The Bible is the true story of God and his plan to set the world right again. The truth is, not only does the world need to be set right again, so do we as individuals, and it's what God wants to do for us. My sermon today has a title, Something Beautiful. Now, it's a rework of a sermon that I shared at our on our 17th birthday, so I'm sure all of those of you that were here will remember every word. As Sam has said, today is our 21st birthday as a local church. But I believe this subject that I'm speaking on is relevant yesterday, today and tomorrow. So let's go for it. John Stott says in his book, The Living Church, we need to develop BBC Christianity. Now, you know he's an Englishman, so that fits. BBC Christianity, balanced biblical Christianity. Now, I agree with John Stott, but maybe BBC can also stand for be a beautiful church. So the question, how? Firstly, let God make us beautiful. Ecclesiastes 3.11 he has made everything beautiful in its time. Now, I'm using that scripture to say it's a process, beautiful in its time. We're a work in progress. We are God's, we're in God's beauty clinic. It's called salvation. We're saved and we're being saved. Have you realised that salvation is God's salve, S-A-L-V-E? A salve that is anointment that heals. And that's what salvation is about, God healing us, making us beautiful. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we are being transformed into his likeness, yep, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
Now, we mentioned the goal of being a BBC church, be a beautiful church. But then I thought maybe we should be a BBB church. The interpretation, we've already heard it this morning. Carol mentioned it. Be a beautiful bride. The church is the bride of Christ. Revelation 19.7, we read, in describing the wedding supper of the Lamb, we read, the bride has made herself ready. So the church is the bride, Jesus is the groom. Now Ephesians 5.27, Christ is preparing his church so she will be a radiant church without spot or wrinkle, sounding like we're in God's beauty clinic. Listen to what the message says. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring out the best in her, radiant with holiness. May the hills, CFC, be a BBB local church. May we be a beautiful bride. The words of a song that you know tell the story. Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful of my life. As we submit to God's spirit and his word, we can be, we will be a beautiful church. That's the introduction. Now we look at three qualities of a beautiful church. Firstly, may we be a beautiful gate. In Acts 3.2 we read, Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now the temple gate was the main gate into the inner temple courts from the outer court. It was the gate that provided entrance to the holy place, the presence of God, and the temple was where God hung out. May the hill CFC be a gate beautiful a beautiful gate, a gate that people can enter into the presence of God. Now, I know that God's no longer confined to the temple building. The curtain was separated, torn in part. The curtain that separated God and the people was torn in half when Jesus died for the sins of the world. And we're told that the Spirit now dwells in us all individually. Our bodies, in fact, are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so as individuals... The challenge is to be a beautiful gate. But scripture also says that together we become God's temple. May the times we gather together be beautiful, a beautiful gate into the presence of God. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Message translation. When two or three of you gather because of me, you can be sure I'll be there. I I sense his presence here this morning, don't you? He's here. Thank you, Lord. So as we gather together in his name and invite him in, he stands at the door and knock. We need to invite him in. Church isn't about us. It's about him. Jesus loves to come and be with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. His presence makes all the difference. And isn't it what it's all about? Not about us. It's about God and his presence being with us. And so as we sing our songs of praise and worship, as we proclaim God's word, as we pray and care for each other, 
as we simply welcome and talk with each other, may our Sunday services and other times together be a beautiful gate, a gate beautiful into the presence of God's love. Now I can't help but join with Paul who speaks very plainly to us when he says in his letter to the Corinthians, for God to be really among you, he says, everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. For God is not a God of disorder but of peace. Message translation, be courteous and considerate in everything. David Smythe says, be spirit-filled and sensible. See, God blesses the humble, not the haughty, the sensible and the sensitive, not the loud and the proud. A couple of quotes from Psalm 118. Swing wide the righteous gates. I'll walk right through and thank God. The temple gate belongs to God. Blessed are you who enter in God's name. From God's house we bless you. God is God. He has bathed us in light. Thank God he is so good. His love never quits. Did you hear it? It's about God, not us. The gate beautiful belongs to God. May the hill CFC be a beautiful gate. May all who come through the gate leave like the crippled man that we read about who was touched and healed by God and left walking, leaping and praising God. As the psalm said, let's swing wide the righteous gate. May all who enter be blessed by the beauty of our Lord. Second, May we have beautiful feet. So would you please take your shoes and socks off? <laughs> no, don't, please. Fellas, don't you take your shoes and socks off. But do we have beautiful feet? Romans ten fifteen, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Where's it written what does it mean? Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say in Zion, who say in Jerusalem, your God reigns. It's talking about going about and sharing the good news of the gospel of God's love with people. You don't need me to tell you the world is full of bad news. It's a troubled world. Terrorism, drugs, scams, murders, war, fires, floods and famine. It needs some good news. So many people are so lost in the troubles of the world. We've got the best news going. The greatest message ever. There is a God. He loves us. There is a Saviour. His name is Jesus. We're not saved by works, by measuring up, but by the gift of grace. God has an amazing plan and he wants everyone to be a part of it. Acts 2.21 simply says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. May we be a church of people with beautiful feet who share the message of Jesus with, listen to this, gentleness, wisdom, Compassion, humility, sensitivity, accuracy, faith and love. 
with hurting, lost, lonely people. In fact, with all people as God gives opportunity. Heard that as God gives opportunity, not push and shove. Ephesians 6.15 Have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We need to be ready to share the good news with people as God's spirit leads us. It's not push and shove, but as led from above. However, this comes with a challenge. The beautiful quality does not come without challenge. Just a few days before his crucifixion, Jesus was with his 12 disciples in Jerusalem. He stripped down, took up a basin and towel and washed his disciples' feet. Now, it was an act, a simple act of love, humility and servanthood, but also a challenge to his disciples to keep their feet clean. What do I mean? A time to live a God-honoring and obedient life, a holy walk, a holy life. We're scared by that word holy. It really just means a life set apart to God. If we want to share the good news with others, we need to keep our feet clean. Only then will our words be filled with God's power. Listen to this quote. What you are, shout so loudly in my ears, I cannot hear what you say. May we be a church and individuals with clean and beautiful feet. The third quality of a beautiful church. May we be a church of beautiful things. Follow me as I read Matthew 26. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him. It was Mary, Martha's sister, Lazarus' sister. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he's reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached, we're doing it today. Throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I want to focus and note the words of Jesus. She has done a beautiful thing to me. What beautiful words. Jesus was blessed by her kindness and love. Life had been full on for Jesus during his three years of public ministry. He'd fasted and prayed. The devil had challenged him. His friend John the Baptist was beheaded. Many animals and enemies said awful things about him to his face. His own family were not fully supportive of his claims. People in his hometown of Nazareth wanted to kill him. The majority of religious leaders ridiculed and disliked him. They wanted him dead. He knew his mission was to end up with his death. Isaiah prophetically described him as a man of sorrows. How it blessed Jesus when Mary, gently and lovingly, anointed his head with the expensive sweet-smelling perfume at a time he knew his crucifixion was fast approaching. He was so blessed, he said, 
It's a beautiful thing she's done. We've already established that life is full of challenges. It can be difficult, often has pain and sorrow in it. It's easy to feel lonely, left out, down, depressed, disappointed. How nice when out of the blue someone does something nice to you, a beautiful thing that touches your soul. Here's a little line that I felt carried some weight. The fact that everything is not always beautiful makes the beautiful even more beautiful when it happens. And you know, don't you, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a small thing, a smile, a kind word, a thoughtful deed. I went to the Franklin Graham meeting on, I think, Wednesday night. The music was so loud, I had to cover my ears. And I'm covering my ears and, and all of a sudden I felt a tap on my shoulder. And a lovely young lady who I found out came from a row, a few back, gave me that, an earplug. Now the reason she only gave me one is the man next door had been holding his ears and he got the other one. After the meeting was over, I went up to her and she said, you can have it. (laughs) And I said, I just want to tell you, you've done a beautiful thing to me. It was just the fact that you came and gave me that earplug that blessed me. And what did trouble me, I thought, if I happened to bunk into Franklin Graham afterwards and he said to me, David, he didn't know my name, but Daddy, did you enjoy the service? I said, yeah. He said, what blessed you? I would have had to say, a lady gave me an earplug. (laughs) It was a good night. Music was loud. Franklin Graham preached a non-manipulative sermon and hundreds of people came up out the front and made their peace with God. I want us to watch a video. Called a beautiful life. Country and Western fans, you're going to love it. The rest of you just hang in. <laughs> Go for it, Dave. Give it a bit of volume, it's great. Each day I'll do a golden deed by helping those who are in my life on earth is but a span and so I'll do the best I can life's evening sun life's evening sun is sinking low is sinking low a few more days a few more days and I must go and I must go to meet the deed that I have done that I have done where there will be Must shine along the way. I'll sing his praise while ages roll and strive to help some troubled soul. Life's evening sun, life's evening sun is sinking low, is sinking low. A few more days, a few more days, and I must go, and I must go to meet the deed, the deed that I have done, that I have done, where there will be. Sitting so 
one that's kind and good and pure and so for God I'll take my stand each day I'll lend a helping hand life's evening sun life's evening sun is sinking low is sinking low a few more days a few more days and I must go and I must go to meet the deed that I have done that I have done where there will be where there will be no sitting sun sitting sun I'll help someone in time of need and journey on with rapid speed I'll help the sick and poor and weak and words of kindness to Life's evening sun is sinking low, is sinking low. A few more days, a few more days, and I must go, and I must go to meet the deed, meet the deed that I have done, that I have done. Where there will be, where there will be no setting sun, setting sun. Life's evening sun, life's evening sun is sinking low, is sinking low. A few more days, a few more days, and I must go, and I must go to meet the deed. That I have done, that I have done, where there will be, where there will be no setting sun, setting sun, where there will be no setting sun. Bird Yeoman, a beautiful life. Let's take a look at Jesus' example. Acts 10.38, this will blow you out of the water. I know you've read it before, but I'm going to point to something. Jesus anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good, and healing all were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We often hear what is the evidence of the infilling of the Spirit, and I'm not debating that that's not true. But Jesus was filled with the Spirit, and the evidence was he went about doing good. I just love that thought. See, it's what God does, and it's what we can do. And we don't do it for praise, but to simply share God's love. Beautiful things done to fellow travellers can lead them to the God of love. The beautiful things can be a stepping stone to a person's salvation. Jesus had lunch with Zacchaeus. Steak and mushroom pie and custard tart, I guess. <laughs> That's paraphrase. He, he just had lunch with this guy that everyone disliked and had done wrong. Zacchaeus repented, became a fellow traveller, a follower of Jesus. Just let me read from the book, Inside Story. It's the life of John Stott. John referred to the balance of Jesus' public ministry. It was fully in accord with this teaching that Jesus engaged in practical service too. He healed the sick and fed the hungry and comforted the sad. And he performed the lowly service of a slave when he took water and towel and washed the apostles' feet. We mustn't, John Stott argued, imagine that to share the gospel with our neighbour exhausts our responsibility to him. 
and that if we have done this, we have done enough. If we are even to begin to follow the real Jesus and to walk in his shoes, we must seize every opportunity to do good. And this doing good must be an expression of our love. Our good works will show the genuineness of our love and our love will show the genuineness of our faith. Listen to what Billy Graham says. Reach out to someone who is hurting. And you want to know, it's often every one of us, all around you are people who are experiencing heartache or pain or some kind, a pain of some kind, and they need your encouragement and help. They need you. The Bible says carry each other's burdens. Ask God, I like that, ask God to lead you to someone who needs your friendship and encouragement. Listen to what John Dixon says in his book, A Spectator's Guide to World Religions, the the heading, The Love Ethic, How Christians Are to Live. All Christians agree that believers are to respond to this grace by treating others with the kindness God has shown to us. In other words, Christianity calls on those who follow Christ to live by the ethic of love. Jesus' command to love your neighbour was not new. What was unusual about Jesus' teaching was his definition of neighbour, to include everyone, even one's enemies. It is no exaggeration to say that the success of Christianity in the centuries immediately after Christ can be attributed in large part to the seriousness with which Christians took Jesus' command to love others in the way God had loved them. So, to the beautiful church challenge. First, our individual challenge. Quote, I am only one, but I am one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. So there's an individual challenge as we talk about beautiful church. However, there's also a corporate church challenge because as a church we're in this together. We are a local church body body, and it's amazing what we can achieve when we work together. Christianity, local church, is a team game. Let's play together. Let's do it together. We're going to look at one more video as a further illustration of what we can do individually but what a difference we can make when we work together. Go for it, Dave. Bit of volume again.
of the message today I want Anne Foreman to come down is that on great to see Anne out the front in the singing team this morning Bruce and Anne Foreman went to come out here with me to the Philippines uh, over the Christmas season they went to see family and friends but they wanted to encourage the local church that they support there and to share the good news and encourage people as God led them. 
I've asked Anne to tell the story of what they did and what God did for one man and his family. Okay, thank you, David. Uh, okay, praise the Lord. Uh, I would like to thank the Lord uh, first. Oh, I don't want to <laughs> be emotional. I'm just going to... Anyway, I thank God for giving us a chance to go to the Philippines again after three years, I think. And actually, before we went there, I have this desire uh, to meet this friend of mine. But aside from that, uh, I have this desire to, to pray to the strangers. I don't know why, but actually, I'm so thankful because God granted that desire of mine. I'm so happy. And, well, I have this friend of mine in the Philippines, and I haven't uh, met her for 15 years no, no lost connection. And I, I really prayed to God that, uh, Lord, please, I want to reach this friend of mine. Because I have this desire that if I met her, I want to share the gospel. Because I don't, I'm not living in the Philippines anymore. I'm here. So I have to grab the opportunity. But I don't know how God would answer that one. I just have to pray. But anyway, uh, by God's grace, we met last December. And it was so good because it's he, she was... She's very close to me, but then she's more than like my family because when she met me, she hugged me and with all her tears, you know, falling on her eyes and hugged me. It's like she was so happy to see me. But anyway, we already connected beforehand before we went to the Philippines and Facebook. And that's by God's grace. I, I, I reached her to, through Facebook. And then she told me that uh, her father uh, is not well. So me and Bruce, we planned that when we met her in the Philippines, we will visit her family. So to make the story short, yes, she come to our place. And then we, before we left, I actually went to our room and I put this Bible of mine in my bag. I don't know what will happen, but I don't know what God, we don't know what God will do for us or what God wants us to do when we get to their house. I have my strength here. <laughs> I can't leave this Bible. I want this. So maybe just in case God will use us, you know. So I put that in my bag. I leave some, but not that Bible, you know. So I really praise God that when we get there, so he, she introduced us to her parents, to, uh, you know, uh, to her family. And we're so glad that we met them. And so sad because her father... Uh, was lying in bed in a hard bed. That, the one, that's the one there. Hard bed, and it's just a little bit of cushion there in bed. It's really hard, and he's got a really big problem in his back because he's got, he's got a really big, uh, what you call that, bed sore, and it was bleeding. And it, if you look at it, it was so painful. And we can see the family was, you know, they're wounded, they're weeping, they're hurting because of the fa of the situation of the father. But anyway, they told us, you know, about what the doctor said to them. Uh, the doctor said that you have to buy a special mattress for him to help his back. Otherwise, it's, it's no good for his back. It's really hurting. And then it's sad because they were in a sad faces because they said to us that the mattress is so expensive for us to buy. So they can't afford to buy the mattress. And I, um, we said, so how much? So they said, it's so expensive. But then by God's grace, it's not our will. I know, uh, we do believe that, uh, as what Bruce said to them, 
And we believe that the Holy Spirit gone there before us. God already prepared what will happen in that house, in that family. So there you go. Uh, so Bruce, right away, you know, we offered help. We said, all right, you can buy the mattress because you can't, you can't refuse to help because that's what God wants us to do. And they really, they were so desperate to buy the mattress for their father. They were so desperate. They wanted to help their father, but they can't. They're so hopeless because they haven't got the money. And that time, so when we offered the, the we, we offer a little bit of help for them to be happy, their, their eyes, they're full of tears and they're all crying and they couldn't believe that God answered or provided that, uh, that moment, that day. They, they couldn't believe that they would be able to buy the mattress right away that day. So we are so thankful to God that we would be able to help them in a little way. It's just a little act of kindness, you know. But then, anyway, um, I thank God also for the opportunity. That's why I have my Bible, because God wants me to do something. So I really praise God. So I said, well, uh, can, I, uh, can I read the word of God to you? So I opened my Bible and read it in front of them, uh, John 3, 16. So I explained to them about the gospel, the everlasting life that God giving to the offered to us and everything about the gospel you know about the gospel so I'm not gonna tell you everything here and so I and I quote the uh, Ephesians 2 8 and 9 about the grace of God and and then but actually in the middle of my um, discussion or sharing one of the sisters actually the one in the pink uh, top she was really crying because they were all interested that they couldn't believe you know, the, the help that uh, arrived to the family. Uh, but, but actually, I really emphasize to them, this is the love of God that showed to the family. This is the love of God. He just want to tell you that he loves you so much. So, so that's the one. He, she actually interrupted me, like she raised her hands, and she said to me that, I just have, i just wondering why this happened to my father, and he is a good man. So, I realized that he, she has that hurt. She has that question in her heart for sins that maybe happened to her father. You know, she wants to know the answer. Why this happened to my father and he is a really good man. It's just like that. So, well, I'm trying to comfort her, explain to her. I, I told her the purpose of God in our life. God has a purpose for everything, you know. So... If we have Jesus Christ in our heart, we don't need to worry because one day, if something happened, we will meet the, our loved ones up there. So I really appreciate she was listening and I continue uh, uh, sharing the gospel to them, sharing the love of God to them. I really emphasize the love of God, that God really loves your family. Of what had happened here, what happened here in this house right now, this is not our plan, this wasn't our plan. We don't have any plan when we come here. But it, this is God's plan for you to know that he loves you very much. So I really praise God. And then I quote the verse in Revelation 3.20 when the Lord said, I stand at the door and knock. So I explained that to them. But anyway, at the end of my, before I end the, the sharing, it's not a preaching, a sharing, uh, I, I asked them, you know, I, I asked them, so I, because I have a lot of sharing about Jesus Christ, about the love. And then I asked them, if they would like to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, and the whole family raised their hands 
And that day, five souls uh, accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So we are so thankful that, you know, my, my desire was only to share the gospel to my friend, but God has a bigger plan. Not only my friend, God telling me, not just your friend, bring the whole family. So I praise God that I have my support of my husband there as well. So I asked Bruce to pray. And so I praise God that that day, uh, salvation come to their house. And unfortunately, I received a news last this, uh, February 7, the father passed away. And uh, so it's yes, a month after he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And there is a confirmation that uh, I talked to, I connected, I was connected to that uh, sister again, the one in the pink top. I said to her, how are you? Are you okay? How's your spiritual life? And she said to me, thank you very much for your visit because that really enlightened our mind and give us strength, the purpose of God to our family and to our father. And that's the answer of the question that was hidden in her heart. And, and I really praise God too when she said to me that um, I do believe that my father is in heaven because he accepted Jesus in his heart. So thank you. I, I really thank God. After that, I said, oh, I don't know what to do because I said, Lord, five souls accepted you. They opened their hearts to the Lord just for that little help that we offered to them. And that's God's plan. It wasn't, it's not from us. It's the Lord because God, I, we believe that God wants to show to them that there is God that can provide and can answer their prayer or questions in their life. So I really praise God for the opportunity that we, able, we were able to share the gospel to this family. But actually, there's a lot of things, beautiful things that God has done to us in the Philippines. But I'm not going to share this to you because I'm, I have a limited time. This is David's <laughs> preaching. This is not my preaching. So uh, to God be the glory. And I would like to uh, thank, uh, uh, grab this opportunity too to thank David because before we left to the Philippines, uh, he really prayed for us that the Holy Spirit will guide us, will be with us. And yes, praise the Lord that the Holy Spirit uh, always with us when we were there, even though it was a bit dangerous there, but thank God. To God be the glory of all the things that happened there in the Philippines. And I actually called it a godly holiday because we have a lot of things. There's a lot of things, that beautiful things, that's what David said, beautiful things that God has done for us or through us. And to God be the glory. Thank you. Music team, Sam, would you bring your team out as I just shared these closing words and we sing beautiful beyond description. Church, I don't need that. The Hills Christian Family Centre. As we follow God's word and are empowered by the Holy Spirit, may we become God's beautiful people. May we be a beautiful gate. May we have beautiful feet. May we as individuals and together look and do beautiful things. May we be a beautiful church. We could have sung a song that talked about God making us beautiful, but I thought it'd be better to close by singing a song that just speaks of his beauty. Let's stand and do just that. <laughs>